What's up, everybody? I'm Zach Wotovich. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. I can hear that building code music in my head. Yeah. Dun, 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 bringing us in. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I actually, we are doing a holiday party. This is not this last month, but a year ago. And I was on the, uh, I was playing music and I just pulled up the intro for the building code and I played it like three you times would. in a row. Yeah, it was awesome. You would. Yeah, Charlie's the, you know, if you're looking for insider baseball about, you know, are we local celebrities? That depends on which host you ask because I don't talk as much about the building code. Charlie will absolutely plug it in any meeting yeah. or opportunity. If you don't promote yourself, who's going to? That's right. Not that I'm not proud of the building code. I love being the host. Yeah. I just, I'm not a self-promoter. You know, I just. Well, that's what I'm here for. That's right. Yin, yin and yang. yang. Wow. Same page. Um, well, enough about us. Uh, someone far more famous than us and much more intelligent than us and better content than us. President and CEO. Of Patterson Development in Lighthouse Point, Florida, we have Terry Patterson uh, to talk about how he got into the development space. Uh, they are doing some very exciting moves uh, with a yacht club, which we're going to dive into. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, I don't think we've had a developer on the podcast before, or at least talking about kind of these large development projects. Yeah. So, and I've had experience working with some in the past, and I always learn a ton. There's all these things that go into how the land gets developed, and I'm really interested to learn and dig a little bit deeper uh, about the process because I can only imagine what a yacht club would take to stand up. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Let's get Terry in here. Hey, Terry. Welcome to The Building Code. It is wonderful to have you. How are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. I love Build a Trend and uh, um, looking forward to talking to you guys. Well, that's what we love to hear. Um, for our listeners out there wondering if you could just, we always like to open up with just a little bit about yourself, um, your career, and kind of how you ended up in construction. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, the I'm, I'm from Cape Town, South Africa. Came to uh, build my first houses when I was 20, 21 years old in Cape Town. Came to the U.S. when I was 23 and uh, got involved with... Uh, a big hotel, uh, a small luxury hotel, sorry, development. And that kind of boosted my the, my involvement in that and then ended up running that hotel. Ended up uh, boosting my construction company very fast because uh, I had uh, almost a built-in clientele with people coming down to South to Fort Lauderdale to stay and uh, knew could see what I had done and could see the service that, I was, that I'm able to give and the size project that I had built. And I was given this instant trust and they would hire me to renovate their houses back in 2000, 2000, 2001, 2002, when there was just tons of renovations going on. And uh, that, that, that just, you know, just grew from there. Something about construction is you, you know, you can't just get, you can't just start by building the kind of houses we built today. You, you have to, you, it doesn't matter what experience you got and how much money you got. You, unless you're doing it as a development for yourself, you can't get clients to trust you with these massive uh, 10, 20, 30 million dollar waterfront and estate homes that we built today. So we just built it slowly uh, from renovations, uh, 200,000, and the next 400,000, then 800,000, then one and a half million dollar renovations, and until someone trusts you to build them a new home which uh which which happened reasonably quick in my career small house and then you able to show that house and if you do a good job and get good references and uh win awards from 
City of Fort Lauderdale, which helped us a lot for, for community appearance awards. And then just built it from there, from one and a half million dollar projects, houses to two million to two and a half million to just you carry on going up and up and up till today we're doing uh, we have builds of nine million builds of 10 million builds of one build of 13 million and that's that's construction cost so we have a eight I think we have about eight houses under construction right now from Miami Beach to Palm Beach mostly most of them are the the Broward East Broward and South Palm Beach area but we do have a house in South Beach that we're building and we do have a house in West Del Rey, a very big 20,000 square foot estate home. And we have Lighthouse Point Yacht Club, which is going to be about $160 million development uh, right in the heart of Lighthouse Point. Uh, it's a 60, 69, actually a 78 slip marina, but we have about 69, 70 yachts in it because we uh we, we tend to put larger larger vessels in it and it has uh, five tennis courts mini olympic swimming pool big clubhouse that uh so we're we're, we're about to demolish all the existing uh which was built in 19 1961 and uh been through a number of renovations we're about to demolish all of it and start construction on our brand new lighthouse point yacht club yeah, I'm looking so, at some of your stats that's a, here. That's a short, a short synopsis. <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned that there's going to be a few structures. I I see the 43,000 square foot clubhouse, which is really interesting. That's the same size as my personal home in Omaha. Really, uh, no, that's insane, Terry. I can't even imagine the scope of this project. You said it's 140 million. Yeah, so so we're building 21 townhouses. They are. 3 million, 3.2 million to $4.2 million townhouses, which we already have half sold. And we're building one big single family home, which will probably be around a nine to $10 million home. And it's all in a gated community, in a yacht club, on the water, and with the amenities of a five-star hotel, because you've got the yacht club, which has, uh, when we when we fully staffed, we we're at about 120 staff who are taking care of uh, all these people living in the in within the community, like they are living in a condo building or a high end hotel, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a phenomenal development, and there'll be yeah 43,000 square foot clubhouse building. Then there's another inside that is a massive gym. Uh, locker rooms, uh, jacuzzi inside, saunas, uh, sauna, steam rooms, outside jacuzzi on, in the building as well. Uh, then there's a conference room for members. There's a banquet hall that can hold 300 people. We even have a bridal suite in there, brides for, for, for weddings. We have a member-only restaurant, two member-only restaurants, and two member-only bars uh, in that in that building. So oh. it's it's... Quite an undertaking, but we've spent seven years to get to this point that uh, permits are literally being issued as we speak. Oh, well, it sounds like the next time you come on the building code, we need to do a live interview <laughs> from the uh, the steam room out there. 
Um, <laughs> I feel like we'd get a little better conversation like going a, there. As a, a whole tour, honestly, like yeah. a live episode. A little like walk through. Walked through the property. Maybe we're maybe we're at the hotel as well. You know, yeah, that'd be a great uh, inaugural. Uh, travel trip that's for right me and zach to terry we're actually talking to our marketing team right now um just <laughs> i'm sure you'll agree but we just got to get the you know we'd the, love to come help you show it off yeah yeah, yeah. we won't charge idea. you anything either yeah <laughs> we'll, um, we'll get you to come for the ribbon cutting and uh, uh as we as we open for the first time yeah that sounds great Break it down i mean it, it obviously sounds incredible my small little brain can't even comprehend what all goes into that but if you could help me understand you mentioned you know started five years ago working on getting everything ready to go what does you know in layman's terms kind of the planning and process that goes into a project you have this idea one day you're approached by an investor you you, you notice a location what's walk me through kind of the a to z to get to where you're at today obviously the build process is an entirely different thing but getting ready for that uh what does that kind of look like so seven years ago started um yeah, so a lot of people see developments and they come up and they go like, wow, that went quick. They don't realize what happened behind the scenes right. for years and years just to get to that point. So uh, you first need to locate a piece of land that you that you feel you can, that you really want. I was very lucky that I found a, a, this yacht club was for sale. I tried to buy it a couple times and um, other people beat me to the punch. And they... They pulled out. Uh, they they didn't follow through with the sale. So eventually, I got to the point where I made an offer, and my letter of intent was accepted. And I then immediately started working on the financing. And at the same time, my schematic designs or site layouts that I could present to the city. So before ever buying a project, always go make sure with your with your with the local city and planning and zoning if you can actually do what you want to do because what we went through here was a total land use change with the county a uh, zoning change with the city we had to even rewrite the entire building code for this kind of rewrite a new building code for this kind of a property in the city it it was huge the, that takes time you know, so if you get involved in a project that's that you're going to have to do that amount of work that literally took five years just to get the entitlements that was before then completing the plans and engineering to submit for another 18 months for permits. That's just to get the entitlements done. 28 public hearings. Uh, you can you can you can see them online. The wow. two to three to four hours of me standing there having to argue, fight, answer um listen adapt change uh and that just went on and on and on so you go into a project like this see if the zoning works i did that i thought that the city was open to changing the zoning found out i was told by the head of planning and zoning that they were and then i went and closed on the property and then to found out that uh the city didn't want to change the zoning so i had to then go in to convince the members of the club, convince the surrounding community to help me convince the city commissioners to then override what the initial will of the city was, was not to change the uh, zoning. But when you get the people on your side and you get the commissioners on your side, then you 
can eventually be given the green light to move forward with baby steps. Okay, well, let's see what this will look like. And that's what happened. Well, then they say, well, let's see if the county will give you uh, um, give you the land use change. And, uh, you, you've always got naysayers as a developer, something you just have to, it's just, it's just a part of the territory. You have to just let, it needs to uh, roll off of the, like a, like a rolling of a duck's back. Everybody's saying you'll ne he'll never get this done. The county will never give him the land use changes. It's a yacht club, which is trying to do a commercial property and add, uh, add all these residences into the heart of an existing residential neighborhood. So you just got to go through, go through the motion, do submit, go meet with all the, as many county commissioners you, as you can convince them that this is the right thing to do. Show them personally, one by one, who you are. And then when you get, by the time you get to these public hearings and you got uh, the naysayers coming up and trying to speak against your project and giving their reasons why you've already gone through these one-on-one -on -one hour or two hour meetings with county commissioners or city commissioners, giving them an idea of what it is. So they know what it actually is, as opposed to listening to what people standing up at a DS in these uh, public hearings who don't actually know what it is. So that's the process. And I, I advise, you know, well, actually then it goes into once we got that approved, which was, out of 19 county commissioners, it was 14 to 14 yeses to five no's. So that's overwhelmingly uh, approved. The city then allows us to move forward with their process, go through community appearance board. Let's see if they agree with it. Uh, then we figured out we had to write a whole new building code. That takes time. You got to get that approved through all those same processes, planning and zoning board, but then commissioners we you have to then go do your zoning change once you get your land use change with the county you then are allowed to apply for a zoning change in your neighborhood well now you've got all the neighbors who live around the area wanting to stand up and say whatever they want to say luckily for me there was a handful of people trying to fight against it and oh, hundreds and hundreds of people for it but it's always the handful of people, maybe two handfuls of people who are against something that are the loudest and the ones that tend to like to write the letters, uh, show up at commission meetings or planning and zoning meetings and try to talk against it. So the city has to follow a very strict process that everybody say their piece and show the community that they are making me adapt to whatever their needs or the city's needs are, which happens. So that, that takes time. There is just no, there's no quick way around it. But again, you go meet with planning and zoning board members individually before you go into these hearings, you go meet with commissioners individually, uh, present your case to them before you go into these meetings, because you're very limited in the meetings. You, you, you can only show so much. And, and that's what I advise to anybody trying to do this is, Take the time to meet one-on-one -on -one with whoever you're going to do a public presentation to, including the naysayers. When those naysayers stand up, what they're actually doing is they have to stand up there, give them their name, where they live, who they are, and it allows me to now be able to go and talk to them and show them one-on-one, -on -one, listen, what you're thinking I'm going to be doing, 
That's not the case. Here it is. And you do that. You, you go hat in hand and just try to make everybody happy. And that takes time. It takes time. But we, we did um, and got it all the entitlements approved by February, 20, February, February 9th, 2022. Uh, and uh, we then moved forward with um, we then moved forward with engineering. It took us about six months to complete that. Well, less than six months. Then by 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 June of 2023, I'm sorry, by June of 2022, we then submitted all seven of our master permits for townhouses, clubhouse, and all the auxiliary buildings in site. That's how it goes. It's a it's a long process. It's uh, millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds cheap. <laughs> and honestly, seven years, I can't believe that's all it took. I, I've been like, this feels like a 15-year process. Yeah. Easy. So it's, kudos to you for getting it down to yeah. seven. Most people have to go through it. It's, it's, you, you don't realize when you're seeing this a dilapidated shopping center or a dilapidated property and you wonder why it's sitting there like right. that. Well, the owners are going through this process in the background. That actually, now that you say that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why does yeah. anyone go into commercial development? It right. just sounds like an absolute headache. I well, mean, it sounds like you have a very promising career in politics when you're done <laughs> with the, like. the development side of things. <laughs> yeah. A ton of practice there. Yeah. No. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, quick answer on that one, Charlie. That's a, that's a yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Really well, listen. You, you do all of this. You do all of this for money, not for not for prestige. I think if you and uh, um, who was a Chip Lamarca, he's a Republican state rep for Florida right now. He said that his at a speech last year, he said something that resonated. He said, "If you're not, if you're in big development, you got to be in you got to be in politics. If you're not in politics, you you you're not going to get your, you're not going to get big stuff like this taken care of uh, and, and approved." Yeah, and it, it, it's just making people happy, and that's what politics is, I guess. Um, finding where the problem areas are and solving them, appeasing people. I am interested in you, you immigrated from South Africa, you know, and came to the United States. Did you envision you'd be doing these large community developments from the beginning i just I've, I've met a few developers and i always find none of them really went out to be a developer they kind of found themselves in it but then i it's fascinating to me because I, I just have never understood how these big projects come into existence so you know how did you decide or did you decide i'm going to be in large developments someday and that was like always the vision or is it something you kind of fell into yeah i would i don't know if fall into it is the right word but you build yourself up into it um you know i'm 25 years in the united states now and and uh 23 years ago started my construction company formally and you just you just start small and as opportunities arise you take them you know as uh um kenny rogers says you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. And that that's a skill. So as you're growing and things come across your your plate, uh, a lot of like and what other people say is your know, business is a, a, a part luck and part knowing when to actually when to say yes, when to say no, when to give up on something as you're starting it and realize mm, this is not going to work. And uh, 
yeah, and when to just when to just run. Um, and that starts by while you're building, people often come to you and say, "Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that? Do I say yes? Do I say no?" And someone will come to you with a smaller project. Uh, somebody you might decide, "Hey, I see this amazing piece of land. Let me buy it." You start to figure out. You think you have this idea what you can do with it. Half the time you find out that's not what you can do with it, so you adapt, and then you get stuck with a small a project. And then somebody sees that and they say, "Hey, I've got this project over here. Do you want to partner with me and you be the builder and let's build this six-unit development, twelve-unit development?" And it just grew from there into um, eventually we just finished a twenty-nine-unit uh, development, about a sixty-five million-dollar development with twenty-four yacht boat slips in Lauderdale by the Sea. That was, I mean, another one where where you. You don't you, you don't realize you're gonna get into something as big until you're in it. I said, yeah, let's let's take on this land. Oh wow, there's plans completed. Let's have a look at these plans. Yeah, okay, well let's do it. Didn't realize how this would turn out into three city blocks, two entire streets rebuild, uh, FPL power underground, new fire city fire uh, uh, lines put in. It just it just happens. <laughs> That's, yeah, the same thing happened here at the yacht club when I wanted to when when I initially bought it, I just wanted to uh, initially just wanted to renovate, do a huge renovation on this club, own a marina, and sell off the sell off ten parcels of land that other people or me build them a house on the land, but that that evolved, and and evolved into this $150 million development. Uh, so yeah, you sometimes, sometimes you, sometimes it just happens and you just got to go with it. I think, uh, the, this has been an eye opening episode for me already, just from the planning process, uh, the politics, all the different intricacies of people you have to talk to and get approval from and get to back you. This is definitely, I don't think we've ever had, anyone like this on the podcast before you so. are the, for us we took over about two years ago i don't think we've had a developer on the the building code it's a very interesting perspective because you have such a much more global yeah end to end picture of how the land gets to the place to where you can even build on it which is a totally different ball game right my i think we've had builders that build developments yes. but we've never had kind of the front end yep. point of view before um, so I'm curious on, on a project this large, then how does the actual build like now it's time to do the work, right? Well, work in some would argue the, the first part, part was easier. Yeah. <laughs> the construction say, part. You're like, the, I can that my sleeves. <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm guessing maybe not Zach cause he talks to more customers than I do, but what does the actual project development look like now when it comes time to build? And you'd mentioned that you use builder trend and, and some technology on the, the back end to help facilitate there's a lot of moving pieces coming in here. You have architects, you have designers, you have builders, you have subcontractors that you're working with. So I'm just kind of curious how that functions and is it as chaotic as the front end? Um, or did you say, you know, it's a lot easier from here on out? Okay. So from once we start building, we're following a, a, a set of plans, engineering drawings, shop drawings, we have set structures, set schedules, and it's what we do every single day. It's very different to 
we getting to this point? Getting to this point, you're dealing with opinions, politicians, right? Um, and you, you just need to be able to adapt as something, everything, as 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 things change. Once we're at this point, I can uh, should I, should I share my builder trend with you and show you some things? Yeah, we better not because we're we put the episode on YouTube. So as much as I'd love to show the world your builder trend account, it's probably better that we don't. So what I wanted to show you was the schedule. Like we 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 put together a big phasing phasing plan on your on builder trend schedules, um, with all the links and predecessors and everything that you would you would normally do for a, a typical build schedule. But the phasing plan will start with, okay, we have seven master permits that need to go in first. We have these multiple sub sub permits that uh, that need to go in. They will all be on that phasing plan, and all linked to once you get all of that, then you start construction. And once this part, once you've, and you, but but the phasing plan is very broad, and it starts with, okay, we're going to be building a yacht club building, then. The townhouse building one, building two, building three, building four. Uh, we're building a tennis center, and you, all of that's on the. And then we got to do we got to do site work, but before you can start with any of this, you got to start with demolition. You got to get your underground, your underground uh, civil work done. Uh, sewer, water, power. You got to fight with FBL to actually show up and get their wires in underground. Then you start your vertical construction and you start following another schedule, which is each building has its own builder trend schedule that's extremely intense, right down to uh, when and how you call inspections, right down to checking the burn on the steel, right down to ordering the material. A really intense schedule that I've spent eight years perfecting your builder trend schedules. I'm a little uh, afraid to look, actually. Yeah. I bet it's it's rock intense. solid, yeah. Intense. It is, and it's and it's huge, uh, to the point that uh, I've had to call you guys and say, Hey, I'm trying to do some changes, but it keeps on it keeps on uh it used to hang up on me and I was told because it's too intense, there's too much. But that's what it, it's no longer the case. You got whatever you guys have done has uh, solved that problem and you like get Terry more bandwidth. We need to we need to juice this schedule. <laughs> but it's that intense that it actually can teach you how to build one of these big 10, 20, 30 million dollar homes, one of these big two, three, four story townhome developments. It's it's that intense. So we follow we follow a schedule and we stick to it. We 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 have a meeting once a week with uh, my project managers and supervisors and all my staff. We have a look at the schedules and we have a look at what if anything's changing and why, we discuss it, we figure out the problems, and we 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 move forward. So that's how construction goes. It's um, we 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 utilize builder trend, uh, I would say, uh, pretty intensely. You then get into your your to do lists and your choice items, and uh, we use that to be able to send send those to do lists and check sheet checklists out to all of our subcontractors, uh, and. And it, it, you know, it really helps to follow through, build a trend, because once we set those to-do lists and we, I as the owner check, check, check on my staff once a week and see what they're doing, but then build a trend keeps emailing them and annoying everybody saying, hey, you haven't done this yet, haven't done this yet. It's awesome. So, you know, the construction side is going to be, gonna be pretty easy. Um, it's, there's a lot of 
we have a 10 acre property and seven seven and a half acres of it is going to be under development at one time and it seems like a lot but it's 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 really not um you you do have to plan around when you're pouring concrete or when you when you're doing underground work because you need to be able to get trucks in you need to be able to uh also keep uh fire lanes open and secure and uh emergency lanes open uh that gets that gets a little hairy but all that stuff is pre-planned you don't even get your entitlements approved until you prove that you have a plan and phasing plans for all those things and now now all we have to do is literally follow the phasing plans that have been pre presented to the city follow the drawings follow everything it's it becomes easy now to build that is the plus side when you do a big development uh, and commercial most of the stuff is thought out up front right whereas when we're building the big residential homes that we build homeowners do not have the ability um because they don't have the experience to be able to think about everything up front and even if they do and you give them they get a great set of plans and they get a great set of our uh, um, designer drawings inevitably we're halfway through they're changed we're constantly throughout the project changing 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 which is why residential homes take a lot longer to build than uh commercial projects it's purely because commercial projects nothing's going to change if you change anything you have to go back to the city back through planning and zoning or, or community appearance board back to planning and zoning back to the commissioners it's it's a nightmare so you you, you absolutely don't you got the plans you follow the plans that's it so that allows you to plan ahead we can plan months ahead on what's going to happen what we should order who's going to be here at this time residential homes you do that but those always go sideways because of the vast amount of changes that happen. Yeah, I thought you were going to say homeowners can't control themselves. <laughs> they <just, laughs> go to Amazon, they're like, oh, I actually want this. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it's not that. It's that it's when I'm doing a plan or dealing with um, uh, interior designers, I can see looking on a piece of paper, I can see what the finished product's going to look like. I know what it's going to look like just from looking at a 2D black and white interior design drawing or, 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 or plan or engineering drawing. Homeowners cannot do that because that's not what they do. They have their own jobs. They probably ex they're all a lot more successful than me, the people that we build houses for, but they got their own jobs that they're probably excellent at. And you have to expect that. But for this development, that can't happen. You get, you get uh, given some strict timelines by cities on um, how quick you have to build things and you have to stick to those timelines. That makes a lot Plus, of sense. You want to open. You want you want the commercial side of the development to open as quick as possible. Right. Plus, you want to finish the residential side so you can get paid, mm -hmm. get the money for it, get right. you know, pay down your pay down your pay down your debt. In fact, that's something that you have to focus on as well with uh, um, with large scale development is the massive construction loans that go into it. Um, that's a huge, huge part of being able to do this. Can you can you qualify for the kind of construction loans you need? Do you have enough cash uh, that's required to be able to do these things? And yeah. uh, in today's today's banking world, that's a little that's a little tough. Right. I've luckily resolved it, but it's uh, from a year ago, you know, you can get a 75% loan to value on a big development. 
uh, till today, banks are 50 to 60% if you're lucky. And, you know, commercial commercial lenders right now, uh, people are saying they're not even closing any commercial commercial loans because we have a massive, a massive uh, office building problem that's about to, that's already started last year and about to get worse this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to leave a lot of banks in, in a lot of, a lot of trouble. So they've been real careful. So, but you can't, if you want to get into doing a development, you can't start, you, you should never look at when you start a development and you buy a property, you should never look at what's happening in the world today. Like most people say, oh man, the economy is terrible right now. I don't want to go and buy a buy a project just because you, you never know. No, that's when you should be buying buying the project because these things takes there are multiple cycles right. that you go up and down through the in while you're just trying to get through the entitlement and permitting phase. And you don't know what it's gonna be four years, five years, six years, seven years later when you actually start to build and need to <clears throat> get the sales done. So just start and adapt as things change. And that's what we've done. And it's worked out great. Yeah, it's worked out incredible. Um, This has been an absolutely fascinating conversation for me. I think we may have to add you to our short list of people that we need to bring back on. We're already over time and I feel like we could talk for another two hours, um, hopefully in the steam room of the new yacht club, but we'll save that for next time. In the steam room, please. (laughs) Oh, of course. I mean, we joked about <laughs> it's doing a family it. program. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, this is PG rated <laughs> here. Um, but thank you so much for your time and, and for enlightening my questions. Uh, this was yeah truly fascinating. So I appreciate you coming on today, Terry. Yeah, it's only a pleasure. Anytime. Great meeting you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good one. Charles. No response. He's, Zach, he's just he's just not with us today. Ladies well, I was going to, uh, we were going to ask a question or no, I just wanted to see what you would do. Oh, Keep you on your toes a little bit. Yeah. What you I, learned about development from Terry? I learned a ton. I learned that I would be very bad at it. <laughs> um, having to, it's about eliminating the options as much as finding which ones fit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I can knock that one off, but I've got <laughs> a ton of respect for the work that he does. I, I'd say that was an eye opening experience for me, which I said on in the interview multiple times. Um, just a ton of work, a ton of planning. I could tell both of us when he said, oh, when you drive by that mall, you're wondering why no one's doing anything with it. Trust me, they are. I'm like, I've definitely done that before. Me too. The place has been like as recent as yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So I I thought it was fascinating. I would love to see, um, you know, the Lighthouse Point Yacht Club that they're building. Um, That sounds like it's going to be incredible. Um, But also, I just love his journey and, and, you know, talking about how to build up and how to scale your business and better on yourself. I thought it was motivating and inspiring for anyone listening, regardless of what profession they're in. So yeah, really enjoyed talking with Terry and, and definitely learned a lot. Yeah. That was a, a really good talk shop episode is what yeah. I call it. Like we got deep into the construction process, the nitty gritty, what you have to do when you start talking about permitting and yeah. inspections and all the city council, city council and yeah. you know, me background in another life, I would have been an urban planner. I was like, yeah, this is, yeah. I'm actually really enjoying this. And it's really interesting to learn about how society just kind of how these things happen because you, yeah. you kind of live in your neighborhood and you're just kind of like the building's always been there exactly there's a story that some poor developer <laughs> had to go fight the city for years yep. in order to make it come to life for people to enjoy so i would love to have terry back dive deep into that uh, other areas because he has just all types of things and i am interested to check out his building uh, his builder train account so yeah i think we as soon as we hang up here uh, that'd be a that- fun series 
Oh, wow. We like dive deep. That would be a fun series. And just like we give them our own like very subjective ratings. Like yeah. We don't just pull up all-star accounts. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just live coaching out here on the building code. Yeah. That's Terry, Terry inspired us. Yeah. Well, that will not come to fruition, I'm sure. But as <laughs> always, uh, a fun idea to have. And if you want to hear more fun ideas, join us again next week on The Building Code. I'm Charlie Burtwistle. And I'm Zach Matovich. And we'll see you soon.